hello, it's the Anarcho Sh- Shriek Glower Hour. Went from <laughs> from Dracula to Cryptkeeper, all the way back to myself. Happy Halloween! We are not doing horror movies this month because uh, too too scary. Uh, no, <laughs> no, nah, we're gonna talk about we're gonna talk about cars and guys driving them. We're doing the Fast and the Furious, all of them, every last one. Because um, I've got. We call we we call him Mr. Podcast around the office. We, I've got <laughs> host of Gender Reveal and my buddy Tuck Woodstock here. Tuck, hello. How are you? Hi, I'm good. What an introduction. What a title. I'm gonna put it on business cards. Oh yeah, I'll make you a I'll make you a little trophy too. Aw, thank you so much. Little- I feel like Fast and Furious could be kind of horror movies. Like what if you Think about all the damage it's doing to the environment. <laughs> yeah, just think about all the fumes being poured poured out, and like I've got a, I got something we could get into, but like they do sometimes the collateral damage these these bo- yes. boys and gals dish out. Yes, there's that's not a that's not a zero body count. No, absolutely not. We just uh, don't get into it because because those bystanders aren't family. Yeah, there's a lot of bystanders negative, but then there's also a lot of random cops that they kill. So, you know, oh, yeah. <laughs> kind of got to weigh, weigh them both. Uh, yeah, what's you just saw these. What What's your kind of top line take? Not to run the podcast, but. No, please. I'm a I'm a hack. I need some lessons. Um, <laughs> I I am. This is these are incredible. Um, and. When you put, oh, uh, you made you, the reason we're talking about it is because you made a book, little book, this little fucking book, too trans, too furious, and I loved it. But all I had seen was like the first two movies when they came out. I went down to my local blockbuster, and even when I came on, like even when um, when I asked you to come on the podcast, I didn't know, I didn't see any of them and i'm like i guess i'll watch them my original plan was to drop acid and watch them because all i knew was they get like progressively goofier um but and i watched them alone you need a friend there to go like can you you do you really do need a friend there um but they're incredible they're so trans transcendentally stupid so like reveling in their ignorance of reality the way a good action movie should and it took me a while to figure out why you would do a transgender themed like anthology about fast and the furious and it wasn't until like the seventh movie that i got it that i saw my own I saw my own transition reflected there on the screen <laughs> of like beginning over a decade ago with this deep held sincerity and like, and scrappiness and like, like an effort to be, to like find a solid identity to be, to be taken seriously, slowly blending into something proudly beyond meaning action packed in a drive to 
and like no drive to take itself seriously or justify its own existence. Um, just like these movies. Um, I mean, we are recording on national coming out day. So do you think that any of these characters would come out as anything? If one of them, if you, if one of these characters were to come out, who do you think it would be? Who's number one candidate? God. Other than Jason Momoa, but like, you know, in the, in the sort of fast family. Um, other than Cypher also, cause I got a little, yeah. we'll talk about yeah. Cypher a so little guess- bit later. Well, because I want to say no villains, but the problem with uh, the Fast and Furious franchise is everyone starts as a villain for one movie and then becomes family. So I cut off if I cut <laughs> off no villains, it cuts off a lot of people. So uh, yeah, Cypher, Jason, probably Letty. Yeah, I mean Somebody... they have no chemistry for their sort of romantic whatever. Yeah, Vin and um, oh, what's. What's her name? Oh, I keep calling him Vin and Dom Letty. interchangeably. Yeah, yeah, I forget that. Forget the the actor's name who does Letty, but um, oh, Michelle yeah, no. Rodriguez because she because yeah. well, she really importantly was in um, this movie called The Assignment or something like that. I'd have to look oh, it up, but I think shit. it's called The Assignment, where she plays a guy, a cis guy who's force femmed. Oh um, shit! You told me about this. Yeah, so she has a lot of sort of gender lore associated with her. Okay, yeah. Oh yeah, because my... you were at you were at the live show where we showed it on the screen. That's what happened. Oh, yeah. okay. You told me and a group of five hundred other people that. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I think I've heard of this this as well. So like my brain just like immediately went to Michelle Rodriguez and like mm-hmm. somebody who like gets soap opera like MD shot in the head and gives you amnesia. Um, you're back from the dead. Mm-hmm. You need to rediscover your identity. It's right there. The trans narrative can write itself. Um, That's true. I believe that um, one, wh- when I saw this movie the first time, like way, 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 when, whenever the fuck it came out, like pre- a pre 9-11 world, I'm not looking it up. Um, I was surprised even at the time. There's very, there was very few action movies that valorized the criminal. Um, yeah, and I was so excited to see them go from just stealing VCRs to like stopping nuclear exchanges and like almost cr- cratering the Vatican. You haven't seen Fast X, but <laughs> no, <laughs> they... but I heard. Don't worry. Okay, good, 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 good. Um, but this just goes to show that crime can take you mystic and beautiful heights. If uh, <laughs> it's true, it's true, folks. Just stick with it. Don't yeah, get caught. This is huge for the movement, for sure. Uh, what movement? The crime movement, I guess. Yeah, le- uh, legalized crime. <laughs> I don't know. It is so funny. Yeah, go ahead. Um, I was just just want to go, <laughs> just go into. I figure, um, figure we can go over the movies like one by one eventually. But just let's just like wax poetic about about this and like hold on wait I got a qu- my one question for you you made a you made a true tan true trans too furious an extremely serious journal of transgender street racing studies my only question for you is what the fuck I don't know man I was supposed to do this real book deal with a real publisher uh, that rhymes with Schmarper Schmollins and then. 
never heard of them. They went on strike. And while I was waiting for them to not go on strike, I decided I actually didn't want to do that project anymore at all, even a little bit. And so then mm-hmm. I told my agent, hey, sorry, I'm not doing this. My bad. And then literally the very next day, I was like, but what if I did this stupid project? And my agent was like, I'm <laughs> going to murder you. Actually, no, she was very supportive. Um, But basically my thinking was that the things that I didn't like about real book was that it's not 100% in my control. There's going to be a lot of cisgender editors to work with. It takes like many years. Like once you turn in a draft of a book, you know, they take like a year and a half to get it out in the world for some fucking reason. Mm -hmm. Uh, And also someone pointed out that if I put out a mainstream book about trans stuff, mainstream people might notice. And then I don't want that because it's a weird time. No, no, no. <laughs> Visibility, um, as we know, is a trap. As a trap. And I just wanted to shit post. And I didn't want my shit post to be seen uh, by the wrong people. I just want to have fun. And so when I was thinking about this, it was right before trans. No, I was said trans X, which is so funny. Um, that's X. <laughs> that is trans about it, that it's called X, the non-binary gender. Um, anyway, mm-hmm. Fast X was going to come out. So a bunch of my friends who are trans writers were watching uh, these movies for the first time. So like Gretchen Felker Martin was writing about them. Nico Stratus was writing about them. Uh, my friend Lilith has always really loved them and was talking about them. And I was just like, look, I want to capture this moment where I get to see all of your little thoughts about these silly movies from like a, tra- a trans perspective, um, by which I mean people who I think are smart and fun. And so I was like, well, what if I compiled them in a little zine was the intention And then it ended up being 160 pages. And I always like to be clear, 160 pages was not us accepting every pitch. It was us being selective. (laughs) Like that's how many things we got, you know? (laughs) Mm. Yeah, everything in there is a a banger. I met someone who who said like, oh, I submitted for that. I don't think it made it in. And I was just like, oh, you must (laughs) must have thrown in a real stinker though. (laughs) Um, Well, some people, it was really funny. And I think I say this in the intro, but some people sent in like pictures of 3D art. Like they're like, here's a needlepoint I did. Or like, here's a sculpture. Multiple people are like, here's sculpture. And I'm like, so this is a a book. And I do love that you did this. But we can't put a sculpture in the book because it of the limits of what a book is. Um, Mm, So that was people. Technology just isn't there yet. Yeah. Um, or someone who got mad that we were going to publish the book in the shape of a book because they wanted their art to be landscape oriented. And it was like, totally, well, it is going to be book shaped. So, so sorry. <laughs> oh, but um, yeah. Anyway, so we ended up doing that and it was super fun. And it was, uh, sorry, now I'm counting, which is not fun audio, but it was like six months start to finish between when I came up with the idea and when it was printed, which is about the turnover time that I wanted. So it, it, and it was pegged to be coming out around when fast X came out fast 10. Uh, and so it's a fun little project and we printed 2000 copies, which is so funny. And what's even funnier is that they are almost all gone. We only have a few left and I'm kind of hoarding them. So (laughs) for some reason there's a big demand for this dumb shit. (laughs) I can see, I can see why, because like, even though gay people can famously not drive, there is a huge, right. like, 
Tran- I'm just lumping gay, gay and trans people together again. Yeah. Um, yeah. There's no Tran- there is, there does seem to be like trans subcultures get obsessed with things. You might call them hyperfixations. Uh, and like digging deeper into them reveals very bewildering, but like revealing and like f- just super fascinating things about them. For me, it's Dark Souls and a bunch of other tr- trans girls very mm-hmm. into Dark Souls. Why did it happen? I don't know. Someday I'll dig a little bit deeper, but I got my theories. And there seems to be like a big thing about, uh, tr- yeah, tra- <laughs> people are really into um the fast and the furious and somebody was just like i don't know it's about it's all about like chosen family um and that was like good enough for me but like i don't know any any idea why or is it just that it was kind of the of our age demographic like the big and lasting like action series that like whether you were like being socialized as a as a boy or girl or or something else you were aware of this thing and you it grew up around it if you're in kind of our age range yeah i think that is a good theory that they just like were so around and were around for so long something that i talk about is they're just a really rich text like there's so many little things that you can zero in on because there are so many movies and they're all so buck wild that you can pick a lot of different like niche things to focus on like nobody did this but you could explore like just the different butt women that were featured in the different movies where they so uh, many butt women you know rita ora appears at one for some reason which rules um cardi b appears for some reason which rules not as a butt woman but she's just in there and they give her a gun um they give her a gun um you can talk about like Han's whole deal in a lot of ways. You can also just talk about this, his little snacks, you know? There's, like, a lot of things to fixate on. Someone did write a whole essay on Cypher's bowl cut in, like, the eighth movie or whatever movie that is. Oh, yeah. Uh, that so was a lot reson- of stuff to That one really resonated on. with me. Totally. And then a lot of people also used it to write about things that really had nothing to do with Fast and Furious and were about their lives, which I extremely encourage and think was good to do so that Mm -hmm. is evidence for the theory that they were just kind of around um but then also i think a reason that they're interesting to me is because they're like such caricatures of gender like it's really really funny the way that masculinity is portrayed and i feel like it gives me insight into the cisgender heterosexual male imagination because it's like wait this is so funny like vin diesel the act or the actor not the character vin diesel really like firmly believes that this is the most masculine way to be and that's why he's playing it that way and as a result uh he loves to say that he's a professionally trained formally trained actor and it does really good acting and it's like totally been, but you don't emote a single emotion mm-hmm. for these entire films. And if you're insisting that you're a good actor, then it means that you're making an intentional dramatic acting choice to never express a single emotion because that's not what this masculine man would do. He wouldn't have a feeling he wouldn't True. have like modulation in his voice. Um, <laughs> so I just think it's so interesting to be like, oh, that's gender, baby. Uh, I don't think it's particularly trans, although, you know, interested in everyone's arguments that it is. I think it's like so the opposite that it's like fascinating to me. Like they're like, like 
none of the characters in the Fast and Furious have ever heard of a trans person in their life. And it's mm-hmm. great. Who cares? Yeah, I was picking up a lot of like, this is an intensely masculine thing. However, it's like getting a lot of inspiration from like 80s action and like 90s action mm-hmm. movies that were also masculine power fantasies where men didn't really have emotions. But there's a gentleness with those who are close to you, a sense of forgiveness mm-hmm. um, for like former former enemies um that like even though even though vin doesn't like modulate his voice at all like a gentleness does come out um Uh i think that he can really chew the scenery with like the limited range he is bringing there even though like the movies essentially are like a, a tale told like a child mashing action figures together um mm-hmm. like i think um spe- speaking of gretchen um i think she said it was uh endless series of cool ranch flavored james bond movies um, <laughs> which is so so good like it lacks the savvy of like of james bond movies and it eventually kind of seems to embrace that um, like cleverness mm-hmm. would just take up room that could be spent with explosions. Um, these are commercials for Corona and energy drinks and you mm-hmm. don't have a time, have time to really take in like how papered over everything is, which is like, it's fine. It's a maximalist movie. There's so much you can like pick apart and talk about with your friends. Like I would really yeah. love to rewatch the last three in a room together as much as I am loath to like, like I've seen it, but like dropping, like throwing ludicrous into space and stuff like that. Would love yeah, to turn to my friend and go sure like, look, look at them. They sure are in space. Um, well, it's because it escalates so beautifully. Where it's like in seven, they go onto a plane in cars, but then drive the cars back off the plane before the plane like really gets into the atmosphere. And then in eight. They are in cars and they parachute out of a plane, but in cars. Like the cards have the parachute, which is unhinged. Uh, and then <laughs> in nine, they fully go to space in some junky car. I can't remember what it is. I want to say like a Pontiac, but who knows? Mm-hmm. Uh, and I haven't seen 10, uh, but you can't go more than space. So I assume they go underwater to blow up the Vatican or something. But um, <laughs> I. I just really appreciate how every like it starts, as you said, with them stealing VCRs and then they're just like escalate, 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 you know, in what is it, six or maybe that's when you didn't see. But um, they're like jumping a car between three skyscrapers in Abu Dhabi. Yeah. Why? Yeah. Why? Uh, why? You know, they Fuck can. you. That's why. Fuck you. But yeah, you're right. They do cars. <laughs> They do have an incredible amount of forgiveness. Like the fact that Jason Statham is fully blowing up entire hospitals of civilians. And then they're like, (laughs) but you're my friend now. No hard feelings. Don't worry about it. My crew's a little bit crazy, but you know, you better better respect them. Do you think that part of the, the 
forgiveness has to come from the fact that like so many of the actors have a can never lose a fight clause in their contracts. So none of them can ever really defeat each other. So they have to just be friends. Holy shit. I did not know about this. I knew that The Rock and Vin Diesel did not like each other and they had some clauses, but that's wow. Why? Why do that? Why take that? Man, the dramatic tension. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe it's uh, just one up. And sh- I mean, I think it maybe is actor masculinity, right? Where it's like, well, if these yeah, guys yeah. can't lose lose a fight, I don't want to have to lose a fight. I mean, because like these are, you know, The Rock is not like is not a classically trained actor. He's a wrestler who decided to do some movies, you know. Mm-hmm. So he never promised that he could play outside of his range, and neither did a lot of these people. Yeah. So. Who do you know who has that clause in there? Is it just The Rock and Vin? Uh, definitely The Rock and Vin. And then someone said Statham, but I don't know if that's actually true. But they definitely do have a lot of face-offs where they end in a draw. So I would believe it. But I think they were just saying that based on like the evidence rather than or like the you know the evidence within the text rather than like actually seeing a clause. The movie where Statham is introduced. Yeah, I guess I guess everything kind of sort of ends in draws, but like no, they yeah, cap- they, they keep doing a, Yeah, but they keep doing the thing where Vin and Statham will like drive straight at each other to see who swerves <laughs> yes. first and instead of either of them swerving, they just crash into each other and that's a draw, baby. <laughs> That's that's a draw and an incredible scene. <laughs> they crash directly, no one moves an inch. Mhm. And they just get into these all these bone liquefying crashes that they're always surviving. They're always coming out. I wonder what spell, what sort of relic Vin is carrying around that transfers to the rest of his family. Yeah, I mean, my theory is at the beginning of five, when Vin and Brian O'Connor, a.k.a. Paul Walker, uh, escape, air quotes, danger, by driving straight off of a train bridge and just into the water thousands of feet below and then just kind of swim away. They did die then at the very latest. Um, Mm. And everything else is a dream sequence because you know the very next thing that happens, they drive to Brazil. You can't do that. (laughs) That's not possible. So everything from there... Yeah, it really makes way more sense if you're like, this is all dream logic. There's also a scene in that film where they both get caught by the bad guys and are just hanging by their wrists uh, in chains. And then it just cuts to them walking out. Like, it's sort of implied that they fought everybody by kicking them hard or something. But, like, that's Mm. not shown. And then they just, like, reemerge. And they're like, here we are. Like, it's like, that's dream logic. (laughs) You know, you just, like, got out of that somehow. I feel like a lot of the script is them writing sort of like Finn kicks guy set set says don't mess with my family and then uh they escape somehow just uh figure mm-hmm. it out there's a cu- there's like a couple mostly scenes where someone jumps out of a car that's exploding into like Vin's waiting arms or something that mm-hmm. feel very like they got there and they're like oh fuck we didn't really finish this script uh uh yeah they jump <laughs> They jump to to Vin, the patriarch of the, of the family, and are safe in daddy's arms. Um, there are also all the movies are like longer and longer and longer and longer. They started at a reasonable length, 
and they just keep growing. Um, and so it does feel like they're like, I don't know, just drive around here for 40 minutes. That seems good. See how many cars yeah. you can take out. I feel as though the, yeah, is the next one the last one? Or they got two Allegedly. more? Allegedly. Allegedly, there's see. one more, but like, who can say? Fast X in, ends in a uh, ends in a cliff cliffhanger. cliffhanger spoiler yeah. alert! Um, but that is like they grow. The characters don't really grow. The family grows and the stakes grow. Um, mm-hmm. I was just when I went into this, I was like, okay, what what fucking angle am I gonna talk about this movie before I got to seven? And I was like, oh, I get it. Um, and I was like, maybe I'll talk about family abolition and, and these movies because I'm like, oh, it's like, uh, this so-called family maybe represents a place of care and kinship where people can find refuge, physical, emotional intimacy outside of cis heteropatriarchal. And it's like a multiracial cast that is not, that is representing masculinity outside of the like white urban, like uh, action movie structure, which I think is why it like has such broad appeal. Um, though yeah. in the first movie, the Paul Walker mentions, Oh, all the women are still doing all the cooking and cleaning. Like the reproductive labor of this family is never again, addressed outside of that. When he like comes to help with the dishes, like what a good guy, this undercover trying to arrest everybody is. Um, we can only assume that the, non-normative role of like this working class family structure changes as, as they stop stealing VCRs and like are tooling around gigantic safes full of cash because they can find more meaning in like a, uh, a more secure, um, more secure property, property class or wherever they have happened to wind up. Cause doesn't he burn a safe full of money at one point? Yeah, I mean, I think it's interesting. I do think that, I mean, it's movies about masculinity, right? And so the men, the women are allowed to be masculine in certain ways where it's like they're allowed to also like drive around and do cars, but they also still do have to do the feminine roles. And so whether that's like Mia being pregnant, Mia making tuna sandwiches, uh, <laughs> or um, Gal Gadot getting a guy's fingerprints by having him touch her on the ass, you know, like these are all, uh, they kind of are doing both. And then because it is much more tolerable for women to be invited into doing sort of masculinity than men be allowed to do femininity, um, we're not seeing the reverse. Uh, we're not seeing, you know, like you said, there's like a so- there's like a gentleness. Like that's the most that we're the most we're seeing is that these men have friends, and they have very yeah. close friends who they love. And I understand that in a lot of sort of versions of masculinity, men are not allowed to have close friends who they love, and so that's mm-hmm. huge, I guess. But that doesn't mean that they're doing domestic labor. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> no, they're like, like I assu- I'm going to go ahead and assume since they're like property relations have changed so dramatically they have maids and stuff and maybe like letty and dom can meet each other on a more more even playing field or dom's sister isn't isn't doing the dishes so much anymore and like yeah it is 
the way that somebody was trying to sell me the the like family angle had a lot to do mm-hmm. with like the way that um the way that queer life is like outside of a social norm of like found family and stuff like that which i did not see represented in this but like i'll take what i can get sure like mas- masculine yeah. men having friends being gentle sure that's better than it's better than judge dread shit um sure yeah yeah um uh jason statham saving vin diesel's baby is community care <laughs> yeah sure whatever that's that's what it is that was perhaps my favorite uh favorite scene of the, it's a great sequence the whole thing it yeah. makes no it's sense like sort of narratively of but it it's great what uh, what does in these movies that's so, true that is actually really true um yeah, no it's a fun sequence so i'm gonna go so what do you think about like going through there's fucking 10 of these things. Um I don't re- really like have a lot to say about them individually, but I could say one thing about each of them. Cool. That's about what I got to. Um just cuz okay. I just just did all of them, so might as well. Um fast. So here's the first one. There are race yeah. wars in it. There's something called race wars. <laughs> The only note I have is race wars, not as homoerotic as Point Break and race wars. Oh, yeah. It basically is just Point Break, but with race wars. And my thing about race wars is it's like, it's not what you think, but it's also not not what you think, you know? It's exactly what you think. <laughs> there is there is a big a big standoff between between Vince crew and like the the predominantly Asian crew. Yep. Right? Yep. If I'm a, I didn't Who's I didn't Johnny rewatch Tran. this one. Johnny Tran. Johnny Tran perfect for trans um so that's my thing for one here's my thing for too fast too furious um what's his name appears well that's helpful because i don't remember his name tyrese tyrese appears that's great huge for the franchise that tyrese is there now yeah they got they got somebody because vin's not in this one and paul walker let's 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 speak ill of the dead a little bit not a good actor at all Could no, not carry a good-looking man, though. A good, lo- a good-looking f- fella whose whose looks whose looks couldn't don't don't age like the for the '90s or the early aughts or whenever that was. Ooh, like yeah, handsome fella. Mm-hmm. Um, and he but yeah. from being a cop, which is important. Is that That's, him too? I don't remember. Uh, um, I think more or less he defects from being a cop, but uh, yeah, I got not I got nothing for this one. Boring. Right. No sense. No sense okay. of pacing or speed, ever. Uh, what's your Tokyo Drift take? Uh, it's the only movie among among these. Yeah. The rest of them are like entertainment, but this one's the only like movie. Fish out of water. Mm-hmm. Southern Southern guy. Lots of fun. Lots of fun car car shots. Great. Mm-hmm. You to learn about drifting. That's huge. Mm-hmm. Taught the world how to drift. It's really helpful for when you're playing Mario Kart and going around a corner really fast. So. Uh, that's good. Four, I don't, I have no idea what happens in Fast Four. Here's the thing. One time I had to ask, we didn't have, we had subtitles for all of these because another thing that's important to mention is the mixing is absolute dog shit. So you either can't hear anything that's said or you will be deafened by the roars of the cars. Um, so I don't, we didn't have subtitles before, so I don't know what happens in there. But Um, he gets arrested at the end. He gets arrested at the end. Um, and it, and it ends on like kind of a cliffhanger, but it's, but like implying like, we're gonna, 
Paul Walker's going rogue. He's gonna he's gonna Get flip this prison bus. And what happens to the rest of the prisoners? I don't know. But Vin Diesel is God kissed, so he survives. Um, mm-hmm. My notes are: uh, Brian plants meth on a cowboy with a foot fetish, and somehow that's supposed to make us like Jeez. him. I think. Um, oh my god. Shortly after that, he shouts, sorry, car, as he scratches up his car in a race with, wow. with uh, Dom. Um, oh, and Dom mutters pussy after after ah. bifurcating a guy with his car. So the best dialogue yeah. of the series, like by a country yeah, model. that's true. Okay, those are important takeaways. Yeah, and then we got Fast Five, uh, which introduces Rock... Rock the Wayne Johnson. One of my favorite lines in the whole series, which is him telling his crew, don't ever, ever let them get into any cars. And it's like, it's good advice. I realized advice. watching, yeah, I realized watching the series that I had never actually seen The Rock in a movie before. And I'm fascinated by how he can't put his arms down. His arms are too big to put the arms down. I know. What a, what a, I thought a lot throughout all of these, like what must it be like to live in yeah. the, to live in an action figure body? Like, does it feel exactly. good? Like my body's, my body's sore, sore a lot of the, of the time. <laughs> like do your bones like grow with your muscles? I don't know. I'm got to ask, got to ask a bone scientist, but that's like, a great question. Yeah. He has, he has a stunning presence um, as like a big action figure man um, mm-hmm. that, we can get more into when John Cena is introduced because I am fascinated oh, yeah. with him. Um, what do I got Let's for this? I also have don't let them get into cars. Like it's yes. like don't let Popeye get near spinach. Um, mm-hmm. I think this is like is this the is this the one where they st- where they drive off the bridge? Because I write this is That's a departure. Five. Yeah, uh, this they is a drive departure off the bridge point. again. Yeah. Yeah. They drive off a lot of bridges. Um, this is where they become superhuman in every aspect rather than just like God kissed, uh, drivers. Um, yeah, they, they swing a big safe around pancaking cop cars, which is like an illegalist sentiment that I wish like, like early propagandists had, had a sense to, to depict in their etchings. Cause it's, it's really beautiful. Yeah, it's that's a lot of the movie is I'm just swinging a vault around the streets for a really long time. Um, yeah, it's it's one where they get the whole crew. It's the first time where they really get the whole crew together. And then once they get the whole crew together, it never stops being together. But it's really fun to get them together. So mm-hmm. I don't know. I enjoy that. Um, six. I don't remember anything that happens except for the the one King Camille. The one humiliation kink scene where a racist British guy tries to tell two of the characters that they can't afford any of the cars and then they really show him. But I don't remember anything else that happens. They really show him by buying all the cars and then they buy his clothes and make mm-hmm. fun of his body hair and make and make his naked little ass walk away. <laughs> the English are scum. Um, fast seven. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, it's another two hour commercial for Corona. Um, but this is really where the, I feel the shift start happening where I'm like, yeah, because before it felt like, like tedious, I wanted to be ready for this, for, to talk on this pod, even though like when I texted you, you're like, you don't have to watch them. They're not good movies. 
Um, but this is why it. Yeah. Um, but it becomes confident in itself and what it wants to do. The script is just like, I can tell a sort of lot of like shrugging guy emojis put in there. Just like, I don't know what, whatever seems just have fun out there. Um, Mm -hmm. the actors probably got a lot of input. Um, and maybe it was the loss of Paul Walker that did it, but this and like fully the movie afterward is where they go full and conscious, like dumb guy, reptile brain, collateral damage is just good cinema. Uh, they turn into that kind of a movie. Um, they really leaned into the gentle meathead thing. and just like, feel like you're smashing action figures together. Um, I just made a note of like, they drive, yeah, they drive the two, their two cars, Dom and, uh, and Shaw drive their cars directly into each other after mm-hmm. revving their engines. Uh, then snake Pliskin comes out of nowhere as like this, the, the head spook at like the FBI, maybe, I don't know. Um, and he uses Dom and his family to set up some Patriot Act shit uh, and lets them drive cars out of planes onto a mountain to get a hacker. Um, yeah, you got any thoughts on this one? Because all I got is The Rock and his cast. No, I was going to say The Rock and his cast also. That was going to be my whole thing. I guess I'll say that th- I talk about this all the time, but I'll say it again, is that a, a really important thing to me to sort of understand the the masculinity of it all is that Vin Diesel, the person says that uh, this film seven has the greatest moment in cinematic history because it was the first time in cinematic history that men around the world could cry together. And one could say, mm-hmm. Vin, you're crying because your best friend died. And that's in this movie. And no, this is the first time in cinematic history that men could cry together is when Vin's best friend died and then drives off into the sunset in this film. That That's all I have to say about that. What do you do with that? That's that sure really... is a wild, <laughs> wild way to uh, sort of uh, project your personal mourning onto literally the entire world. It's very, very kind of him to give men permission to cry together because, like, sometimes that is what they're waiting for. A more powerful for man sure. named Dom no, not, to tell them. To be clear, I'm not saying they shouldn't cry. I just, maybe oh, yeah. that's not the, the first time. But, you know, it is, apparently. So that's my it's real him? thing for that. Yeah. And then eight, I literally have nothing other than, oh, no, I do have one thing. What do you have? Um, what do I got for eight? Wow, I got a lot for this one. <laughs> Hell yeah. Yeah, Dom goes against his family because another smaller, more vulnerable family is under threat <laughs> by the only villain to grab me so far. Um, and all the villains of what what I'll refer to as the batshit era of fast movies are queer-coded. So it's just probably why, mm-hmm. why I like it so much. Um mm-hmm. Yeah, Cypher, Charlize Theron's tech-savvy, techno-nihilist super-hacker. Um, and her gender is very and ambiguous. she has dreadlocks in this one. Yes. her so that's important. Her, yeah, her gender is weird uh, and obvious only by her, like, frequently changing and always terrible haircuts. Um, mm-hmm. She wants to get nukes to shake, to shake the state to its foundations for reasons, like... I kind of wanted them to elaborate like what, what, what is, what does she want to do with this? Cause maybe I'd be a little on her side. 
Um, mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. it wouldn't be a fast movie if they gave any reasoning. Any cleverness mm-hmm. is just not spent on explosions. So it's fine. I accept it. Um, and I don't. I don't usually recognize actors and but this is the only time i clocked her other than mad max another car movie mm. with its own, she has its own insane interior logic where she's mm-hmm. kind of an anti-natalist girl boss fighting an avatar of cis heteropatriarchy like Amortem joe is obviously evil and the other benevolent perfect luminous vin diesel um, I don't know if you got any feelings on Matt on Mad Max, the other car movie that I like. Uh, no, I haven't seen the whole movie. I've only seen part of it, but obviously it's famously beautiful. And as a person who went to film school, obviously the way the editing done is done is like super famous. So I've watched a bunch of it just to look at that and the visuals. Uh, but I don't have a lot of plot thoughts. I'm just like, wow, incredible film wow, I've really read the Wikipedia summary a lot, you know? Yeah. <laughs> All those yeah. wives have crazy names. <laughs> those wives have got bonkers names. It's very beautiful. Uh, a lot of it doesn't make sense. I love that. I don't need mm-hmm. to know how the how the future functions. I need to see a bunch of big cars <laughs> totally. smashing into each other. Totally. Uh, no, I would watch it. I just haven't. I almost, oh, I watched part of it. But anyway, my, my Fast 8, thought other than cars parachuting is very related to that which is there's a scene in i believe eight with the car parachutes but you can tell me if i'm wrong where vin <sighs> has new character ramsey uh in the in they're cornered on a edge of a cliff surrounded by a bazillion bad guys and it's like how's vin gonna get out of this one and he starts just like doing donuts and it's like, oh, is he going to do a bunch of donuts and then like disappear and drive past him? No, he just drives down the <laughs> cliff. The car rolls one billion times. And then they just both get out and they're like, well, that was that. And it's like, these movies are PSAs for, hey, did you know you can get in any car accident and live? And that's simply just not true. And I don't know that we should be telling people this. Yeah, <laughs> like, no. You well, get out of jam, just drive off a cliff. <laughs> just drive just drive off a cliff. Are you surrounded? Just drive off the cliff. Like drive off a cliff. Yeah, I was very I love that like this movie kind of trolls you for thinking it's something else sometimes. Like, yeah, when he was doing donuts, I I was like, How's he gonna get out of this? No, he's gonna take the option that ruins his car. Yeah. But he knows he can safely get out of, and by him being so god kissed, Ramsey in proximity to him will also be fine. Don't even put on your seatbelt, Ramsey. We're going to get out of this one. You're coming with me, your family now. Exactly. And therefore immortal. Yeah. yeah. Uh, it's it's very, it's just, yeah, It's I, there's not really anything to say other than like, they eventually have to start acknowledging it. And I believe the next movie uh, that everyone starts living forever, but they don't explain it. And they, in fact, and this is getting to nine, but in nine, they have the sort of dumbest character be like, hey, isn't it crazy that we're kind of immortal? And everyone else just keeps laughing at him and being like, that's not true. You're a huge dumbass. And it's like, he has a point. And He's... I know you're doing this to acknowledge that this is true, but really you're making it sound like you're laughing at me, the the viewer, for thinking this. But there's no, you've not given me any other explanation. <laughs> through, his, through his stupidity, his, his third yeah. eye is open just a sliver and he can see that fourth wall. Like, exactly. you can see the workings of the Great Dow by 
just just being so unbelievably stupid. And like, exactly. yeah, maybe they are saying a little something about us, but like, if that is meant to be a compliment, we'll we'll see. Um, yeah, fa- uh, mm-hmm. Fast Eight ends with yet another invoking of the specter of Paul Walker, which is not mm, right. Was not as bad as imposing his face on his brother's body for the like tearful goodbye in in Seven, but his car pulls up and and it like cuts to credits without. Show, showing him that would be they know that's a bridge too far but like will this actor cut down in the flower of his youth be forever haunting the backyard barbecues of the fast franchise like maybe question. um i don't think they did that in fast nine but first thing i've got for that is this is probably only funny if you watched all these movies in rapid succession they're entirely just like cars and shrugging off any friction that like driving a car or like like the limits of vehicles do uh mm-hmm. ramsey is is needs to tail a guy and just says i can't drive <laughs> <That'd be> fucking, <laughs> fucking howling <laughs> yeah um and uh what else I got? I just wrote, where even are they? Dom puts his brother in like this H.R. Giger-esque future prison that they have access to. Um, how'd they get there? Fuck you. That's that's how. They're in a in a, uh, a rocket bunker or something. But John Cena has such an impressive face. Like, it takes up the... I couldn't... Whatever plot to speak of, I can't remember. I was just transfixed. Like his face takes up the maximum amount of space on his head. Um, he looks unreal to me. Like he's a dollar store '90s action figure. His body is preposterous. I mean this with with a lot of admiration. He seems to have a pretty a pretty great sense of humor about himself, mm-hmm. and he's a good actor too. He's proven himself to be a good actor, but I just cannot take him seriously as a villain. Another like guy who can't you didn't really give him a lot of runway to emote as if you haven't seen the movie he's dom's brother and for a guy who cares a lot about family he like kicked him out of the family for uh what he thought was killing his dad which he didn't actually do it's very tragic like they don't resolve how tragic it is yeah they're also that movie has a lot of flashbacks and they found this uh new zealandian Sure, this Kiwi actor to play young Vin Diesel, um, whose name is actually Vincent, uh, much like Vin Diesel. I know. And he is a much better actor than Vin, or at least is making more interesting choices. Mm -hmm. Uh, So that's fun. The flashbacks are interesting. Uh, But one of my favorite parts of Fast 9 is when they're trying to retcon that, oh, yeah, Vin had a secret brother all along. But also that brother is John Cena, famously a different race than Vin Diesel. (laughs) And so Cypher is locked in this weird box and she's talking to John Cena and she's like, when I was researching your family, I never detected or like your bloodline. I never detected a Nordic strain. And that is the way that the films acknowledge that they're brothers, but one of them is white. And I'm just like, (laughs) what an incredible way to handle that. Yeah, really like, amazing. I guess we never really get a glimpse of of who Dom's mom is either, unless I'm forgetting. Right, we don't. But no. like, not that I. Yeah, I guess I wouldn't know because I don't remember anything. But I don't remember ever seeing her or hearing about her. 
Yeah, maybe no, maybe like the Nordicness just come <laughs> comes out to like yeah. the white the whitest guy, like the Ubermensch of like white Americans. Mm-hmm. Um uh this this movie ends with a big magnet fight. God, um, yeah. Magnets, how do they work? Not they like work that. like this. No, they work like <laughs> that. That's totally how they work. You put them in the back of a car, it doesn't do anything weird to your car, but it can throw other cars around. This is one where so much of the collateral damage takes place on like empty streets. Not this fucking one, because they need a lot of they need packed streets to throw cars at a guy in some like unnamed Eastern European country. And at one point they turn on the magnet as they're passing a uh, a store like in the middle of the day, packed shown to be packed with people uh, that like it's a washing machine store. They just hurl these like like 300 pound bullets come shooting out of the store that are full of children and families and but they're not that but they're not dom's family so fuck them like that that was a huge mash mass washington machine casualty casualty event yes absolutely no they really wipe out a lot of people uh and almost none of their their own people and it is really fascinating because i think that that's true in any action movie there's like a ton of casualties but most action movies aren't like family 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 yeah uh, but i do think about that in pretty much any action film is like wow you're you're damaging a lot of cars you're throwing a lot of cars you're um you know the car damage in itself is whatever uh but there could be people sitting in any of those cars on the street we all mm-hmm. do it. Um, people in the cars in the road. People are always like driving through people's houses and shit. And it's just like, well, that doesn't matter because what matters is the plot. And the plot is question mark, question mark, question mark. Oh, right. You forgot to actually make up a reason we're doing this. You know, like a lot of <laughs> Fast and Furious plots are like petty feuds. Um, sometimes it's like we have to save the world, but sometimes it's just like, I think we're going to get this guy, you know? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. This guy, this guy ain't family. In fact, he's anti-family. But don't Um, worry, he'll be family in the next movie. Yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll win him over to family. Yeah, put it, family just brings you into a completely different moral universe. Mm -hmm. Um, That's all I got for that one. But um, Fast 10, your seatbelts. Yep. For for Fast X. Um. Yeah. Another. Okay. You didn't. You didn't see this, so I'll just see see if you got any thoughts on this. Uh. The first. Um. The first note I have is just about the end of the movie because throughout all of these, Dom's car does this thing that's totally flavor. Where when he ex- he'll be like revving it, and then he'll accelerate, and his car will get up on its back two wheels like a horse rearing. Um. And it looks cool. And this is the first time, it's impractical because he has to mm. jump over the barrier so he can dive off of a dam with his son in the car um and uh it's great the dam ex- dam explodes uh and you'll have to tune in to see what what happens next fast 11 um but yeah another queer coded villain um jason momoa who seems to have been hit on the head with a car so hard that it made him gay. And Tuck, that's what happened to you too, right? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. You as well? <laughs> oh, yeah. 
Yeah, a couple of times. It turned me straight uh, when I got in another car accident. So I entered a demolition <laughs> derby to clear that ride up. <laughs> um, but he's great. I love him. You should, you should see this movie. Like, don't, you know, you don't got to rush to it, but it's fun. He's so fun. I love, I love amoral flamboyance. I love weaponized flamboyance. He's totally, he's trying to like, Star, he also has like seemingly no logic, but he's but he like prances around trying to like frame these street racing Catholics for blowing up the Vatican and a big round bombs like rolling around through Rome. Um, and uh, he just vogues and capers and he's just he's beautiful, I love him. Um, he it's really I think consciously hand waved away. Like, how is he doing this without like the whole reason he's mad is because they killed his dad and he does. So he doesn't have his dad's like dictator money anymore. And yet he can still like, he still has all these assets at, at his disposal. And it's just like, fuck you. That's, that, that's how he can do it. Like weaponized flamboyance can take you anywhere. It could tear the whole fucking world down. If only some of us had a bit more fucking guts. Um, we could annihilate the family structure, doms and otherwise. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, yeah, my friend Lilith snuck in an emergency essay into the Two Trans Two Furious collection because we had made the whole thing uh, before Fast Ten came out, but then we hadn't gone to print or hadn't finalized the layout yet, actually. Uh, and I was like, we have a couple extra pages. If you want to write a fast essay about Dante's whole thing, you can do it. So she did it. And I love that the last two sentences in this essay are, I want Dante to destroy this pillar of heterosexual masculinity that my hormonally blitzed psyche latched onto 10 years ago, or at least maybe in the 11th movie, he can show whole. And I'm like, yes. (laughs) And that's Uh, everything. That's kind of the whole book. That's a really good kind of summation of what we're talking about in there. (laughs) I was good. I was going to do a a selected reading uh, from, from Quinn's essay, but we'll like, we'll leave the readings there and everyone else has got to go get the PDF or try and get a, get a copy from you. Um, yeah, yeah, that's all of, that's, that's all of them for now. Yeah. Those are all those fucking movies. Um, I got, there's also a a Hobbs and Shaw, but I've never seen that one either. Oh, I'm not going to go. I'm not going to watch that. (laughs) (laughs) Sounds like it's got very minimal cars. Yeah, uh, I because I just knew the movie was called Hobbs and Shaw. For some reason, I know that Jason Statham is called Shaw, but I always also think that The Rock is called Shaw, which is wrong. Uh, And so in my head, they're Shaw and Shaw. Uh, And the fact that these characters are so underdeveloped that we're all just sort of calling them by their names, uh, I says I think says something about the quality of of these films it's like no one's disappearing into their character <laughs> we're just like that's vin diesel and that's, that's the vin, rock yeah. and they're mad at each other yeah i mean vin and dom both three letter names that like that's probably the only reason i can remember but like it was like i was struggling with letty and like don't ask me to remember any of these other names if they're if they're not on notes in front of me no one's not a great is is it a are they movies with great acting? Of course not. Is it a fun time? Uh, you be the judge. I had a great, I had a, a whale of a time. I got a lot out of it that I'm going to be unpacking in therapy for years. How far before the first Fast and Furious movie do you think that 
uh, Vin Diesel legally changed his name because his name right now is essentially Car Car, right? And that is not his birth name. He used to have a normal name, and now it's Vin Diesel. Uh, So do we think that that was sort of promotional for the films, or (laughs) what do you think? Christ, did Chronicles of Riddick come out before Fast and Furious, I wonder? Uh, I think so. Well, he, he did a deal where he was like, I'll only keep doing Fast and Furious movies if you let me keep doing Chronicles of Riddick. Because he loves Chronicles of Riddick so much. So they had to be something vaguely around the same time. I I really like I really like him as a person. Like in Triple X, he insisted that he get say over like the tattoos his dude has, and they were all references mm-hmm. to his like in in home Dungeons and Dragons campaign. Yeah. Um he loves D. He loves D. He's seems seems like a fun guy, even if he is like a pillar of masculinity. Like, hey, sometimes that's all right. He that th- his clip of singing uh, karaoke to Rihanna really won me over. What? Uh, okay, here's. Wait, do you not know about that? Oh my gosh, no. I have a bonus episode. So, Gender Reveal has a Patreon only bonus podcast called Gender Conceal, and I talked to my friend Lilith a lot about Fast and Furious and other things. And then at the end, I played the entire like three minute clip of Vin Diesel singing uh, "Stay" by Rihanna because I felt like it was really important that everyone experienced that. Uh, but anyway, I looked up on Wikipedia, which has never been wrong, uh, when Vin Diesel changed his name and it said that he started going by Vin Diesel while working as a bouncer at the New York nightclub tunnel because he wanted a tougher sounding name for his occupation as a bouncer. And then it says Vin comes from his mother's married last name, Vincent. Well, the surname Diesel came from his friends due to his tendency to be energetic. (laughs) I'm like, sure, man. (laughs) Sure. Sure. Why not? I don't think he put that much thought into it but i'll accept that reasoning does it say what his totally. name what is what his regular boy name was yeah it's what just mark name? sinclair mark sinclair mark sinclair yeah that's mm-hmm. not a that's not a working class bouncer name no no that's a fancy lad well yeah. if you okay if you want more fast and furious content sign up for the gender reveal patreon and go and listen to gender conceal because i'm spent uh, maybe I'll come back. <laughs> maybe I'll come back talk about it on eleven. But that's future me's problem. Um, yeah. What have you you been you been watching anything lately? You got any recommendations for for whoever's listening? Uh, gosh, nothing uh, important. I just finally remembered to finish the uh, the show, the other two, which I think is one of the greatest TV shows ever made, especially the first two seasons. Um, which is good if you're gay. If you're gay, you'll enjoy it. Uh, I also, I just had a British friend visiting and he told me about Taskmaster. And now I mostly watch that because it's just absolutely nothing. It's just different British comedians trying to do the dumbest shit imaginable and do little (laughs) japes and, uh, you know, silly little puzzles for each other, silly little goofs, little... uh, Whatever. So I do that a lot now instead of anything that has a plot. Um, that's that's a lot of it. That The problem is baseball season's just finishing. I'm in baseball season's in season. I watch a lot of baseball, uh, which doesn't leave any time to watch anything that's interesting or good. So, Yeah. Yeah, you got too much interest and goodness in baseball. Take me out to the ball game, am I right? 
Yeah, that's what that's what they say. Uh, but then by yeah. the end of every season, I go, baseball's boring. Why do I do this to myself? So I'm excited to watch television or maybe a film. Oh, I saw. Here's what I watch. OK, here's what I saw. I saw Dick's the Musical yeah. in theaters. Um, What's this? What's all this? That shit's crazy. You don't know about Dick's the Musical? It's yeah. uh, two Brooklyn comedians, Josh Sharp and Aaron Jackson, used to have this uh, long-running UCB show that's half an hour that has one of the most buck-ass wild uh, endings. Uh, and they convinced A24 to let them make it a real movie with them and Nathan Lane and Megan Mullally. Wow, okay. Lane. And so, I'm I'm intentionally not spoiling any of it, but it really is one of those things where you get to the end and you go, wow, this movie is going to make gay people illegal again. And those people are going to have <laughs> some good points. Um, I had a great time. Really incredible time. All right, sold. Yeah, I yeah. you talked me into it. Um, I'm going to recommend, I've been watching Couples Therapy. I don't watch, oh, yeah. I don't watch a lot of ri- reality TV, but I'm enjoying that. Great. Pretty, um, and, uh, oh, since you're here, I'm going to recommend people should listen to Rude Tales of Magic. It's like, it's, it's such a good podcast. It's like, it's like the adventure zone. If they didn't care about rules, it's like an actual play D and D podcast with a lot of really great improvisers who have incredible chemistry and they're in. And like without paying attention to the rules, being I would say actively hostile to the rules, um, have and made like really a- yes anding anything, and really being willing to throw the entire plot in the garbage in order to yes and one little goof. <laughs> yeah, like full f- full appreciation for for goofs, and the plot will find its way. They just trust the plot to fall into place around them, and it's with Looney Tunes logic, and it fucking works. Mm-hmm. And they're kind of, they're pretty close to like the end of their first arc, whatever you want to call it, uh, which is why I recommend it. It's a, probably a good time to start listening, but uh, it's probably probably my favorite podcast. I'm I'm really crazy about it. Yeah, go listen. Yeah, it is funny. I thought you were going to say now that you're here, I'm going to recommend Gender Reveal, but I do think you made the right choice. And, yeah. Uh, recommending your tales of magic. <laughs> yeah. Everyone go, go listen to gender reveal. That is implied. It's, it is truly yeah. what, one of the best podcasts. If you weren't, uh, if you weren't my friend, I would, I would be like, oh, Tuck's a professional. I'm never going to have them on my podcast, but I pulled the friend card on this one. Um, it's great. Yeah. It's a great, it's, it's great. You make a quality product that has taught me a lot about gen, uh, gender uh-huh. and like ex- exploring my own sense of self um yeah you get great mm. guests you're you're a great host wow well now i'm uncomfortable because you're saying nice things so i'm gonna go but yeah, thanks let's end for the having podcast. me on the show thank you for doing it <laughs> of course everyone should go get two trans too furious at tuckwoodstock.com or two trans too furious dot big cartel dot com that's two, like numerical, like not T-W-O, two, like the number. Um, it's incredible. Go get it. Um, if you want any of my bullshit, I'm on the internet at Bumlung. Uh, I got comics and stuff. They're good. They're all right. No, nah, they're good. Um, thanks to all of the patrons that we've got at Strangers in Ta- a Tangled Wilderness. 
if you are a patron or you want to become one, you get to join the Discord. What's in the Discord, you ask? Well, I'm going to start showing a bunch of movies that I definitely have permission from the uh, from the studios to show on our Discord. Um, we might show one around Hollowtide. I got some really good Crimbus episodes. Uh, like we're going to show the green Knight because it's the best Christmas movie ever. Um, a bunch of other stuff coming up. Um, I guess you can also talk to people, have community, etc. Um, and that's it. That's all of it. That's the episode. I'll see you at the movies. <laughs>